new on Curiosity Stream. Get ready for the best of the best with our 100 Days of Curiosity, featuring fan favorite titles like Light on Earth with Sir David Attenborough. Join me on a journey like no other. Stephen Hawking's favorite places. It's a crazy world out there. The history of home with Nick Offerman. Not my home, just homes. Other people's homes. And many more. Don't miss 100 Days of Curiosity, happening right now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Have you ever wanted to love someone, but couldn't? That's how I felt about Tammy. We never should have gotten together in the first place, but it was her birthday, and I didn't know what I was getting myself in for. She invited all five of us from the office, and I was expecting to just have a drink and go home. Fast forward to the bar, half an hour passed when we were all supposed to meet, and every time her phone buzzed, I knew it was another person canceling at the last minute. But she was glowing with warmth that wasn't dampened by her disappointment, and I had nowhere else to be, and hours can melt together so fast when you found someone to be lonely with. Tammy blamed herself for how the party turned out, in a vicious, self-deprecating way that left me scampering to reassure her, and the harder she was on herself, the kinder I had to be. Until somehow, without meaning to, I called her beautiful, because I couldn't bear her thinking otherwise for another minute. The way her face lit up in response was proof that I wasn't lying, and the way she smiled back made me feel like it was the first time she'd ever really believed those words. Tammy stayed close to me as we were leaving together, close enough to feel her breath on my neck. Then her arms were wrapped around my arm, and her warmth wasn't just something to be imagined anymore. Just to keep her balance, she said, but no amount of steadying herself was enough for her to let go. She'd been drinking after all and needed someone to drive her home. While well, I think she really was beautiful that night, and the more of her she trusted me to see, the more beautiful she became. But love? It wasn't her fault that she came to love me, and it wasn't my fault that I couldn't feel the same. A starving man doesn't care what he eats, and the lonely will cling to anyone who makes them forget what it's like to be alone. Tammy and I stayed together, and the phrase, maybe this is what love is supposed to feel like, kept popping up in my head. Tammy treated me with devotion and smothered me in kindness, and the longer we stayed together, the harder it became to imagine my life being any other way. Tammy would do anything to keep me, and she reminded me every day. I could think of no better way to thank her than with everything I had to give. She was nothing but joy on the day I asked her to marry me, and basking in that light, I told myself that her happiness would be enough for the both of us for all my years ahead. Then there was my other wife, the one with the shaved head, the one with the nose rings and the leather jacket and the tattoos of a, and the tattoo of a snake twisting from one thigh to the next. I don't know if you could call Zara beautiful, certainly not in the same way you could Tammy, but you could call her other names, and they'd all turn her on. I met Zara in another town where my company headquarters was. I had to go once a month, every month. But it didn't take long before I found an excuse to go every weekend instead. Tammy was pregnant, and I wasn't proud about what I was doing. But neither was I ashamed, because any guilt I should have felt was a drop in the ocean that was love. Zara was everything I'd never known I'd wanted. She was wild, unrestrained, insatiable. She was a witch who put me under her spell, a demon who had claimed my soul. These are the types of excuses I'd tell myself whenever the guilt began to crawl up my spine. When I'd hold Tammy at night, 
I'd tell myself stories of all the mad things men have ever done for love, and I'd put myself in their noble company. And when I fell asleep, I'd dream of being back with the girl whose touch was fire. A weekend was never enough to spend with Zara, and every time was harder to leave than the last. I couldn't leave Tammy with the child, though, and the anxious worry that this had to end began eating away at me at night and day. I kept them both a secret from each other, swinging back and forth, barely trusting myself to call one by name, without my tongue betraying me with the others. The more the pressure grew, the more insecure and defensive I became, until one day by surprise, Zara told me she was jealous of my time. She didn't want me to leave again. She wanted to be my wife, and fool that I was, I told her that I wanted the same. It wasn't a very official wedding. Zara wasn't into that sort of thing. Our hands were clasped in the forest, and our feet were in the stream when I placed a ring upon her finger. My life as I knew it had ended forever, and I couldn't imagine anything but happiness to come. I told myself then that I would make one last trip to end things with Tammy. She'd be better off alone, I wanted to believe, than with someone who didn't need her anymore. I would do my part and help pay for the child, and I wouldn't need much money because nothing I could buy would fill my heart the way holding Zara did. Tammy would cry, but I wouldn't break, and in five years' time, in ten years' time, when I'm old and gray with shaking hands, I'll hold Zara all the tighter, knowing that I was almost too weak to follow my heart. And maybe that's how it would have gone if Zara hadn't followed me back. She thought she would surprise me by making the trip to help me move. She thought she was being clever by calling my work and pretending to be a client, setting up a meeting at my home. How could she have known that Tammy was home while I'd gone to the store to pick up some things for our newborn child? The police were home before I was. The weeping young mother and the screaming punk. It wasn't hard for them to figure out what happened. The knife-slashed curtains and the shattered plates. There must have been quite a fight to be loud enough for the neighbors to call the cops. The blood-stained carpet and the dirty tracks into the nursery. There was no way to hide the evidence or mistake what happened to my daughter, who was slashed into ribbons before she'd ever learned her name. Zara and I never spoke again, not even at her trial, where I was called as a witness. I couldn't even meet her eyes when I told the jury about the affair, that I'd loved her, and that I knew it was wrong. I told them that Zara had been jealous, that she'd killed the child, and that I never wanted to see her again. The only thing that could have been harder to bear was when Tammy forgave me. She said it wasn't my fault, that I'd made a mistake, that we could learn to be happy together again, and I believed her. Because as heavy as this weight was for me to bear, I knew that I couldn't bear it alone. That was almost twenty years ago, and Tammy and I have moved past it best we could. We had two more children, both boys. I'm glad of that because if we'd had a girl, I don't think I could have looked at her without thinking about the child who had been cut from us. If Tammy can still love me after all that, then who am I to say that I can't love her in return? Despite everything I'd done to avoid being alone, though, I know that it's only a matter of time. Tammy is sick and she isn't going to get better. I've been spending every day at my wife's side, and, and our youngest will be leaving to college in a few weeks. Then it's just going to be me and my regrets. Thinking about the words Tammy said to me last night. I told you I'd do anything to keep you, and I did, she told me. 
If you didn't think Zara killed our daughter, you never would have stayed with me. I had to do it, don't you see? We've made each other so happy through the years. I always knew I never loved her. But it's taken me my entire life to find out why. The fire at my campsite was burning low when the stranger separated from the shadows to join me. The collar of his long coat was turned up against the chill, and his bony fingers clutched a rough rope leash, which extended behind him into the gathering night. Howdy, camper, I grunted, barely taking my eyes off of the comforting flames. There was a row of fires burning all along the side of the hill, a testament to how many people had fled the city this weekend in search of peaceful isolation. My old husky lifted her head to sniff the smoky air in the opposite direction of the man, apparently oblivious to his presence. You lost or something? I assumed. He had just stumbled into the wrong campsite and would soon continue to his own plot, but he maintained his rigid posture at the edge of the light. I watched his hands tighten as the rope pulled taut, long fingers remaining clenched as it fell slack again. You got a dog too? I broke the silence again, shifting uncomfortably on my uneven stump. Don't mind Ambus here. Her guard days are over. She's almost blind and won't hear a thing you say unless it's about food. Ambus perked up again, leaning into me as I scratched the thinning fur behind her ear. The man in the coat took a step forward and perched upon a rock, about twice the distance from the fire that I was. His face was sour with pursed lips, the dark stubble on his face doing little to fill his sunken features. He gave a sharp tug on the rope, but it went taut as his animal resisted the effort. I could only distinguish his dog's silhouette in the shadows, but it seemed oddly lumpy and misshapen from here. The man pulled again, viciously this time, like the animal was out of control, even though it was just sitting there on the ground. The animal didn't relent, however, and the man just shook his head and let the rope fall slack again. Ambus used to be like that too, but there isn't much fight left in her now. I chuckled. Ambus was giving in to the scratch and had been slowly rolling onto her back to grant me access to her shaggy belly. We used to hike out here all the time when she was younger. There were less people back then, and she could just run without a leash as far as she wanted in any direction. Sometimes I wouldn't see her for an hour, and I'd get so worried, shouting for her until my voice was hoarse. But she always came back, trotting and frolicking, so happy and carefree that I didn't have the heart to stay mad at her. Wargle, the man spoke at last, a dark and guttural articulation. What's that now? My dog, Wargle. Come, Wargle. The fire won't hurt you. The man pulled again, this time with both hands. A deep, reluctant growl answered him, as though bargaining to be repaid for his troubles. The creature finally consented and plodded up to sit beside him. I laughed when the firelight illuminated the animal wearing a puffy green dragon costume, with soft cloth ridges and wings sewn on the back and sides. The black lab had narrow yellow eyes, which indicated it knew exactly how ridiculous it looked. Well, no wonder he's not happy, I said. I'd be embarrassed to be seen in that get-up, too. So he doesn't scare the children, the man said. He tried to pat the animal, but the dog growled and bared his teeth until the hand was removed. My husky rolled onto her haunches, crouched and alert. The hair was rising on her back, 
but I stroked her comfortingly until she settled to the ground. Well, that's something new for you, isn't it, Ambus? Never seen a dragon before. She did catch a rabbit once, though. I saw her chasing it, but never thought she'd actually catch it. I think she was surprised, too, because the moment she had it in her jaws, it kicked her in the chest and she dropped it right away. I laughed and leaned back against my hands to stare up at the stars. This is probably the last trip out here for us, though. I don't think my heart could bear seeing these hills without her at my side. I tried to laugh again, but the sound came out all wrong. I keep Wargle close, too, the man said. He loves me deeply, because he doesn't know any better. Yeah? I didn't know what to say to that. Dogs sure are great like that. The man reached for the dog again, and it snapped at him this time. The man didn't flinch, so I thought the dog was just playing. But when he pulled his hand away, I saw blood flowing freely from a deep gouge in the fleshy base of his thumb. The man stared dispassionately at the red trickle running down his forearm. Um, are you okay? I asked. The man smiled, and the firelight glistened off long, sharp canine teeth filling his mouth. A low growl began rising in his throat. The dog in the dragon costume pulled sharply back on the leash, though, just as the man had done to the dog. The jolt was enough to silence the growl from the man, who now stared sullenly at me. Ambus began to howl. She was always a quiet dog, and it had been so long since I heard her make a sound like that, I thought I'd heard a wolf. She looked like she was getting ready to lunge again, but I grabbed her by the collar and snapped her leash back on. The old dog sprang anyway, launching herself a few feet before the leash snapped her back to the ground. Ambus, no. Leave it. The man began to growl again in response, but the black lab gave another sharp tug on the leash to calm the man. Ambus dropped to my feet and whined, looking at my helpless confusion for guidance. I do so love having an animal companion. Wargol and I, we are going to be together forever. It was the Black Lab speaking now, though. While the man continued to growl, I even caught a glimpse of evenly spaced human teeth in the dog's mouth. Together forever? Would you like that? For her to be like Wargle? The Black Lab inquired innocently. The voice matched the man perfectly, and my eyes kept flashing between the two to catch how the ventriloquism act was performed. The man's lips were tightly pursed again, though, the subliminal growl never quite vanishing. I don't want forever, the words caught in my throat. Then you don't love Ambus like I love Orgle, the black lab said. It twisted and pulled and suddenly the rope slipped free from around its neck. It was advancing, but Ambus was ready. I wasn't expecting how powerfully my old dog launched herself. The leash tore free from my numb fingers. I flailed after it, too slow. The two dogs collided beside the fire, interlocking jaws. A howl from Ambus, a human scream from the Black Lab. They were rolling on the ground now, through the burning embers, two writhing bodies intermingled in their violent dance. I tried to intervene and pull them apart, but the man was barking and snarling at me now. I could hear Ambus yelp in pain, though, prompting me to charge straight at the man blocking my path. He seemed unsteady on his two feet and collapsed readily allowing me to leap onto the black lab. I gripped its dragon costume and wrenched it back, but the creature wriggled free at once and leapt on Ambus once more. 
The green cloth removed, the scattered embers revealed red and black interlocking scales, like those of a serpent running down the creature's hide. The animal's human teeth made it a poor match for my husky, though, and the two of us were soon able to overpower the creature. The man had already fled yelping into the darkness by the time I got the two dogs apart. Traitor! The scaled beast howled after its human. Don't you dare run from me, Wargle. With that, the monster sprinted into the night, chasing its human counterpart. I clutched Ambus to me, too afraid to check for her injuries, just holding her and gasping for breath while I listened to the shouting slowly disappear. I won't let you go. I need you. Please, I don't want to be alone. Please, Wargle, please come back. Begging, and then screaming, and now softly in the quiet night, I hear the animal crying as a human might, frightened and alone. Or perhaps they have reunited, and it really is the human weeping over how close he came to losing his only companion. Ambus wasn't seriously injured from the fight, and the dog's human teeth only managed to take a small piece out of one of her ears. She's sleeping at my side as I write this, whimpering slightly in her sleep. I stroked her to comfort her for a long time, but I've stopped since her patchy hair kept coming out in my hand. Since I felt the scales hardening along her skin and hear whispered words smuggled in amongst her quiet whimpering, I won't leave her here, but she might have to wear the dragon costume herself so she doesn't scare the children. I don't want forever, but I'm sure as hell not ready to let go yet. Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring Curiosity Stream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com.